Good morning and welcome, all of you slippers and sliders. Uh, I'm delighted to report that as far as I know, no one has fallen. <laughs> and yeah, that's not nothing. So thank you for your caution this morning. Those who waited the longest to leave their house were in the best position. Uh, but I will ask you to also leave with caution when it's time. But for now, for now, let's, let's gather ourselves in this spot, even as folks continue to come in, and even as folks join us online. It's good to be together, and the gift of community, one of the many gifts of community, is that we do not walk this journey alone. You look around on a morning like this and you wonder if you're gonna be the only one that comes out. And you're not. You're not. So allow yourself to arrive. And allow yourself to feel the support of the chair or the pew or the floor if you're standing. And allow your body to just release any tension you might be holding Yeah, I just heard a big exhale. Come to your breath. Let's do an exaggerated inhale. And an exaggerated exhale. And do that a few more times on your own. An exaggerated inhale. And an exaggerated exhale. And that's a helpful practice in arriving. Here at UCC Longmont, part of our arrival practice includes welcoming one another. And so I want to invite you to join in the words that are printed in the bulletin as we say, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And in that spirit of welcome, my name is Sarah Verasco. I'm one of the pastors. And along with Reverend Amelia, who's in the back with our young people, we have our youth minister, Rob Cronin, here today, and Robert's here. Lauren has a flat tire, so she's not here, but we are enough. The ones who are here are enough. The choir is going to sing. We are going to partake of the Lord's Supper. We are going to hear stories of courage and thoughts about courage. And we're going to see what the Spirit does with us in this time of worship. So friends, as we begin, we're going to start with a hymn. It's number five in your sing hymnal. And before we sing and before we hear the music, I'm going to invite you to stand as you're able. This can be done seated or standing, but there are some hand motions that go with this. And so the hand motions are, it starts, the words go, Holy One. So you're going to put a, one finger out in front of you. May your presence here open our hearts. So you're opening your hearts. May your spirit among us. So we're doing a hand motion that talks about sort of like the stirring of the spirit in our midst. May your spirit among us help us to find you are, and here we go, rising up now like a fountain, now you turn your fingers out, we've got little fountain fingers, like a fountain of grace, 
from the holy ground here in this place. And then we do the fountain again. And so we're going to please be seated. This morning's service is an intergenerational service with communion, so uh, our children will stay here in the sanctuary. Know that uh, noises and movements and anything that comes up is welcome in this place. This is a place where we are practicing living into being a beloved community, and so we trust that the Spirit works in a lot of ways, and we let that exist here. We have been in a sermon series on decisions, decision points in the Bible, decision making in our own lives, and our theme this morning is courage, which we will be hearing more about in a moment. But as we turn to this time of centering prayer, um, we're inviting a question about when is courage needed and when is caution needed? And that question actually came about this morning as Sarah and I surveyed the parking lot and the snow, and we pondered, (laughs) when do we have courage and when do we have caution? And one thing that we want to pay attention to in those decision-making times where we're wondering what is courageous and where is caution needed is whether we're um, grounded in love or in fear. And so in our centering prayer practice this morning, we're going to draw from a passage from 1 John Um, where he talks about God's love casting out fear. And so return to that breath that Reverend Sarah had you come to this morning. Notice it. And as we settle into our breathing together in this community where we are living into love, As we breathe in, we'll do this a couple times together, and I will say the words for our inhale and our exhale. And on our inhale, we will be saying, I live in God's love. And on our exhale, we will be saying, I let go of fear. And we will inhale and exhale that three times together, and then we'll leave a moment for you just to practice that in your own breathing rhythm. So breathing in together, I breathe in God's love, I let go of fear. I breathe in God's love, I let go of fear. I breathe in God's love. I let go of fear. For this morning, for the rest of the week, for the rest of the month, may this be something that grows in your heart. You do live in God's love and it is available to you.
let thy Holy Spirit come upon us is really perfect for this reading this morning from the book of Acts. Because in this reading, we see a lot of courage that's demonstrated. And unlike some of the other decision point scriptures we've used, God is very much present and active in the book of Acts and in this chapter five. And before that, in chapter four, the apostles, the leaders, were actually praying for courage. And so with the juxtaposition of this decision point, when is it time to be courageous and Black History Month, there's a lot to ponder when it comes to courage and the presence of God's spirit. You see, the local authorities in the book of Acts, the ones who supported and enacted the public execution of Jesus, were outnumbered. (laughs) And they were trying to do some damage control. And by damage control, it's damage to their authority that they're worried about because Peter and John were publicly naming the groups that supported and enacted the crucifixion. They're calling them out. The control piece of damage control is that the leaders who were calling, the church leaders, the new leaders in Jesus' absence were calling in the people who were drawn to this new life. this new life that Jesus envisioned, and the authorities wanted to control them. Control those who were healing and teaching in the name of Jesus. The damage control had everything to do with the authorities, and it had nothing to do with the people who were acting with courage. So let's listen for moments where courage is called forth as we turn to this fifth chapter where many people were beginning to have faith in the ways that Jesus taught and people were being healed by the apostles. Provoked mightily by all of this, the highest ranking religious leader and those on his side went into action. They arrested the apostles and put them in the town jail. But during the night, an angel of God opened the jailhouse door and led them out, saying, go to the gathering place and take your stand. Tell the people everything there is to say about this new life. Promptly obedient, They entered the gathering place at daybreak and went on with their teaching. Meanwhile, the chief and his cronies convened the high council and sent word to the jail to have the prisoners brought in. When the police got there, they couldn't find the prisoners anywhere in the jail. They went back and reported, we found the jail locked tight as a drum and the guards posted at the doors But when we went inside, we didn't find a soul. 
the chief of police and the high priest were puzzled. What's going on here anyway? Just then, someone showed up and said, did you know that the men you put in jail are back in the gathering place teaching the people? The chief and his police went and got them, but they handled them gently, fearful that the people would riot and turn on them. Bringing them back, they stood the apostles before the high council and the chief said, didn't we give you strict orders not to teach in Jesus' name? And here you have filled the region with your teaching and are trying your best to blame us for the death of Jesus. Peter and the apostles answered, it's necessary to obey God rather than man. Here ends this reading. May this ancient wisdom continue to guide us. And this morning we have a very special treat because Rob has gathered our young people who are going to share some of their experiences with courage and some of their thoughts on courage. And so I want to invite them up now to hear what they have to share. morning. All right. So as Sarah said, I have with me here several of the members of our youth ministry who have a desire to share with us all some of the responses to some questions that we posed to them this last week when we started thinking about courage and what courage, well, several aspects of courage. And I invite you as we, as we go through this, I'm going to read four different questions. It'll actually end up being five, but initially four. And I invite you to ponder your own response to these questions as you also hear some of the responses from some of the members of our youth ministry. The first question that we asked is, what is courage? And Violet and Christian have a response that they would each like to share. Um, hi, so my name's Violet, and I wrote a poem about courage. And it's called The Jump In. Standing at the edge of the water, the sun is hot on your back. The lake seems dark and murky and filled with possibilities. Not seeming quite worth it, you turn back around on the path. The journey away seems much more worthwhile and not such a risk. However, something seems to push you back, and you're not sure what. Standing at the edge of the water, the sun is hot on your back. The lake seems dark and murky and filled with possibilities. You jump. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Christian, and I, I thought of a story about courage that um, me and my family went through. So uh, last summer, me and my family went on a trip to Europe, and 
we went from London to Paris to Rome to Munich. Um, but while we were in Rome, Italy, uh, we, it was the National Independence Day for Italy, so a lot of things were uh, closed and a lot of people were going and visiting family. But we had an Airbnb that we were staying in, and it was right next to the Colosseum, and there's a bunch of restaurants around it. So for dinner, we left and went to one of the restaurants, which was a pizzeria. So uh, when we got there, we wanted some water, but they didn't have any water there because, well, uh, for some reason they charged for the water. So, <laughs> so my dad went back to the Airbnb to go and get some from our apartment. But when he was leaving, he shut the door behind him on accident and uh, locked the keys inside. So now we had no, we had no idea to get back in. Um, so we called the person who had our Airbnb, and she was out of town. So we didn't know how to get back in or if we'd have to stay the night on the streets. <laughs> but finally, we got a hold of her, and she fortunately came back, which was really nice of her, since she was with family, and she was probably like an hour drive away. So we, just, we stayed at the restaurant until she came. But yeah, I was very fortunate about that. The second question that we asked is, what does courage look like? And when I asked this question, one of our youth, before I barely finished the last word, what does courage look like, said. <laughs> so I want to invite you all, give yourself a little bit of space. You can do this seated, you can do this standing. Don't overthink about it. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Strike a pose. What does courage look like? <laughs> what does it look like? Let your body answer the question. Right? It takes a certain amount of courage even to do that, doesn't it? In this group, in this group setting. One of our youth answered the question with a picture. Do we have that picture? What does courage look like? And Robbie also has an answer that he would like to share. Hi, I'm Rob, and for this question I answered, luckily throughout my life I've had so many role models who have shown me what courage is, most notably my moms. Both of them have gone through so much and they are quite inspirational to me. Moving to Colorado was a huge transition for all of us. Both of my parents persevered and have had so much courage along the way. They made new friends and joined new communities. My mother has continually taken new opportunities and opened new doors, and through it all, she has shown me I can do the same. Our third question is, what does courage feel like? And Sarah shared with me the sign for courage, which I think is a, is a very apt thing to, to, for us to practice right now. And the sign for courage is your hands open on your chest and then close as they come out. Courage. Let me do that a couple of times and let yourself see what is your body, how does your body respond? What does it say 
What does courage feel like? Rob also has a response for that for us. For this I said, simply put, courage doesn't feel good until after the fact. In the moment, having courage is hard and reasonably scary. For me, courage feels like shaking hands and erasing heart, but that's only one part of courage. The other part is being able to get over your fear and do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And our fourth question is when is a time in your life when you have acted with courage? When is a time in your life when you have acted with courage? And Becca has a response to share. So uh, when my cousins from California were over, we went to uh, Red Rocks in Denver and it was just this like really nice hiking, climbing place. And I've been there before, but it was only once. And the second time I was there, we split up. It was me and one of my cousins, and we were climbing, and then I saw this really big rock that was 100, 150 feet off the ground. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna climb it. And so I was climbing it, and then my cousin was yelling at me. He was like, Rebecca, get down from there, you're gonna fall. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna keep climbing until I do. And it, it was really, it was huge. And um, when I got up top, it was just the most breathtaking view ever. And then that's when I realized I probably most likely would have fallen. And, but I didn't. And then in that moment, I breathed in and I was like, wow, look at this creation that God has made for us. And I was super happy that I was brave enough, I was courageous enough to climb that boulder and see what God has made for us. Mm -hmm. And Rob also has a response. Mine isn't as cool as that. <laughs> My transition into high school has been full of courage, making friends, meeting teachers, and going through the motions of school. Being able to advocate for myself and make the best decisions has taken a lot of courage. That being said, having the courage was the best thing I could have done because it opened so many doors for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to... You ever realize sometimes you can make life easier for yourself? So our fifth question that I want to pose, and this is a new question for the youth as well. It's actually a two-part question. The first part of the question is, sorry, the context here is courage and faith, right? So we heard from the Bible, the, the scripture reading this morning, about how the apostles were acting in faith. They had courage in how they lived out their faithful actions. So the question is that I'd like to pose, where are we being asked to speak with courage? Or maybe it's, where are we being asked to act with courage? Or to live with courage? And I invite you to take a moment to reflect on that, and then if you're comfortable, if you would like, or maybe even tap into some of that courage and turn to someone close to you and share with them 
the response that comes up for you? Where are we being asked to act, to live, to speak with courage? And as you continue to share, you don't need to completely stop, but part two of that question is, what role does faith play in how we choose to act, to live, or to speak? What role does faith play in how we choose to act, to live, to speak? Or maybe what role can faith play? and how we choose to act, live, or speak. On a night when Jesus gathered with his friends, a night that called for courage, a night when they were trying to make decisions about who they were and how they were going to be in the world, Jesus reimagined for them another story, a story of other people who had faced decisions about courage, and who they were going to be in the world. 
And Jesus took the bread that they had been eating from, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this bread is like my life. It may face times of brokenness, but we know that God works for healing, for people, for places, for systems. And so each time you eat of this bread, remember this and do it in remembrance of me. And as part of that reimagining, Jesus also took the cup and gave God thanks and praise. And in the pouring into the cup, Jesus said, this wine, this juice is like my love that is poured out for you and for all, that all may know the love of God. Because there are times when life <clears throat> presses against us and presses us into places that are uncomfortable. And in those places, may you have the courage to speak and act and live with love. Whenever you drink of this cup, do it in remembrance of me. And it is in remembrance and in the presence of Christ that we invite you to receive from this table. Our bread and our juice are gluten-free so that all may participate if they'd like to. There are stations in the front and there will be stations also in the back. And if it's helpful for a server to come to you, please just raise your hand. Friends, together let us taste and see the goodness of our God. I want to invite you also to Rise in spirit as you're able, and I want you to face one another and offer thanks. Offer thanks one to the other. And to those who are joining us online, their cameras in the back. Our community always extends beyond these walls. And for this and so much more, O oh God, we give you thanks. We are able to live with courage into the places that God asks us to live into courage, to remember that love, because we have a community. And it is in community that we remind each other that the peace of God is here. That we are not creating, we are living into. 
So this morning as we pass the peace to one another, I'm thinking about some of the things that the youth said and the way that sometimes courage is loud, but sometimes courage whispers. And so this morning, as we pass the peace and you turn to somebody near you, will you whisper to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you, friends. Hello, my name is Katie and my pronouns are she, her. I serve on church, church council. It is good to be together this morning. A very special welcome this morning to visitors and guests and welcome back to those who haven't been here for a while. We're so glad you're here. There is a Friday night youth hangout coming up. Join, it says us, but really join them. <laughs> you know, sorry. Um, this Friday, February 9th from 6 to 9 p.m. for our next uh, Friday night youth hangout. We'll have all the games and music. It's gonna be rad. Is rad back? I, I didn't write this, but is rad back? <laughs> if you would like to support UCC Longmont financially, you can give online at ucclongmont.org giving. Um, there's also a QR code for that in the bulletin and using the offering boxes on the back wall of the sanctuary by all the doors. We are grateful for your generosity. Thank you all and have a great week. <laughs> Out into whatever the world calls you to, go with courage, go in love, go knowing that the peace of God rests on you. And as you do the work that you are called to do, do it knowing that the light of God surrounds you the love of God enfolds you. The power of God protects you. And wherever you are, God is. Amen.